Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. This is a very special show today. And um, as I said the other day, Jasmina Sidorowski will be my host, co-host, and actually she's going to be running the show. And uh, I'm going to sit back and relax. (laughs) Not actually, but we'll have a good time today, and we're going to really talk about some very good, timely subjects. And um, so I want everybody to enjoy themselves, and I'm going to introduce Jasmina. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm so glad you're on. You know, it's been a while, but we do chat late at night. (laughs) Yes, we do. We always (laughs) chat. And thank you, Matt. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a co-pilot today. Oh, it's It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be good. And uh, so I'll let you introduce everybody and tell everybody a little bit about yourself and... um, then I'll just go in when you're, you know, you have a moment or two. So go, go for it. <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. Uh, I have been on Marsha's shows a few times now, as Marsha just said, and for the listeners that are tuning in today, I'm from Australia. I live in beautiful Sydney. I have two teenage sons, very happily married to a wonderful man. Actually, we just recently celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. I am an author and editor and editor-in-chief of a global pub- publication known as EYS Magazine, which is an acronym for Empowering Your Soul. Um, we are an official partner of the UN 2030 Sustainable Development Goals Action Campaign and support all 17 SDGs. The magazine has an impressive team of seasoned contributors. We are a con- temporary inspirational humanitarian publication celebrating everyday heroes. Um, basically, we're a group of determined individuals who are inspired and empowered to share kindness. Through our positive vibes and support, we encourage help and motivate others and support local communities and charities to prosper and grow. I am a global peace advocate, uniting the voice of humanitarians and support many global humanitarian causes. EYS networks with many organisations in support of a sustainable future for our children and we like to pay it forward through sponsorship and the publicity through EYS magazine. But enough about me. Let's <laughs> 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 today's show. <laughs> um, but we have a treat for all our listeners today who I understand have tuned in from around the world and they are eager to meet um, our amazing lineup, a very special guest we have on the show today. So it's going to be a very exciting hour. So I suggest everybody sit back, relax, and um, just enjoy the show. And Marsha and I thought today we'd dedicate today's show to gratitude, kindness, yes, yes. Um, paying it forward, mm-hmm. and humanity in line with upcoming Thanksgiving 
going to be yes. celebrated in America, I believe. It, you know, that's really, I, you know what, it's very important because I mentioned this on my other show uh, this week, and it, it's really, this is why I really wanted to have you do the show because I think this is what we all need here. And, you know, uh, we've talked so many times, like, online, you know, and we, and I've watched everything you do, and everybody on the show has a lot to do with goodwill and being a really good person and trying to get others to do the same. So I'm thrilled that you are all here celebrating, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, and the USA here. And uh, we need to do that here for sure. So I'm so thrilled that oh, you're here. Oh, thank you, much. Oh, thank you, Marsha. And we're thrilled. And thank you so much for dedicating airtime for all of us and having us oh, all on welcome. our show on your show. On your show today. So today we'll be introducing our listeners to some very talented authors from Australia, J.O. Mantel and Kay Marie, who will be talking to us about two very exciting upcoming events, uh, author events that in 2020. In fact, I can reveal um, that EYS Magazine will be a proud sponsor of both of these events and we're ecstatic to be able to meet our avid readers and all the authors that will be coming from around the world. But before I introduce everyone to these two individuals, um, we will also further into the show be speaking to some wonderful ambassadors who are representing Global Goodwill Ambassadors, um, which is founded by our guest Richard DePiller and President COO Lisa Jones. Um, I've also invited one of my own very ambassadors from Australia, Mr Alan Connolly, and unfortunately the second one, um, Laura Lewis, is unable to make it today as she will be missed. But first... I'd like to introduce you all to our very first guest, J.O. Mantle. Uh, just before you say hi, Jay, uh, J.O., I first met J.O. in Christchurch in New Zealand last year at an author event hosted by author Stacey Broadbent, who is a very good friend of mine. And my first impressions of J.O. was his instantly likeable, friendly personality and his gentle nature. Hi, J.O. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, thank you so much, Marsha and Jasmina, for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Oh, we're so happy. Oh, it's lovely to have you. So, J.O., tell hey. us a bit about yourself. Where were you born, and is there anything you'd like our listeners to know about you today? Um, basically, um, well, hi, everybody. My name is J.O. I live in... Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, so towards the bottom end of um, Australia, for those people who don't know. Um, I live in the northern suburbs um, of Melbourne, so basically I'm on a acreage of about, um, on a property of about 30 acres, um, have about 12 chickens, two dogs, some pets, and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, so <Wow. laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot different than in Chicago where I'm from, it's a lot different. <laughs> Very I'm sure it's much more relaxing. I'm sure it's much more relaxing where you are <laughs> than here. <laughs> yeah, it has so, Jo, when did you, <laughs> Jo, when did you decide to become an author, and why? Um, the I, I guess the inspiration for me to become an author came back in late 2016. I woke up one morning and I just had this massive idea for a story and it was just screaming in my head and I didn't know what to do with it I, I obviously I didn't know anything about 
publishing or writing a book or anything back then. And I'm like, you know what? I can't. I can't do this. I don't have the skills. I don't have the knowledge. So, but you know what? I thought, why not? Life's too short. Give it a crack. So I opened up my laptop, um, just started writing everything, piecing it all together. At the time, it made no sense. And before I knew it, I, you know, 24 odd chapters later, and I had written my first book. Um, so the how exciting! I guess the idea, yeah. yeah so the the idea came from um, it was inspired by true events in my life that I just turned into fiction through a story, basically. So it all went from there, and um, now we're in tw- almost at the end of 2019, and I'm about to publish book number seven. Oh God, that's wonderful! Oh, that's terrific! That's really great. That you know, it's it's really important to continue on because um, if you just do one book, your readers want more. So you've given them what they want. Absolutely. And that's is it all in the same genre? Uh, no, I, uh, I I started off writing contemporary romance. Um, mm-hmm. To so I should say yes, it is all basically the same genre. I have now ventured out into a new genre, but. Cannot reveal that as yet because the book isn't released and it would be a major spoiler alert if I did. So, okay, <laughs> we will wait. <laughs> we'll wait for this. We won't, we won't, we won't tell anyone, Jay. I will keep it a secret just between <laughs> <Right>. us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, um, as as an author myself, I know I'm always um, presented with different situations and challenges on a daily basis, and I know how frustrating it can be sometimes. But what have you found that has challenged you and some of the perks of being an author? Very good question. Um, my biggest challenge is I do not have the flexibility to stay home and write full-time, unfortunately. Um my lifestyle doesn't accommodate that. I I work three jobs um, to make a living. Oh so wow. I God. yeah. So I need. I have very little time to sit in front of a computer and and do my writing, which is why I invested in an iPhone and an iPad so that I could carry these devices with me. Um, so the biggest challenge, I guess, is finding the time to write, but at the same time having these three jobs gives me the perks because I get so much inspiration from everything around me, from my fellow workmates to customers that I deal with on a daily basis and just everyday situations. And I can just make notes, which then later I can develop into a story. So that's where I guess it has perks. Um, But yeah, the biggest challenge, as I said, is, is the time. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely hear you in all aspects of that. It is. I think, you know what, even if you have a full day to write, sometimes it doesn't always work that you can write the full day. So, you know, I think that we all put so much pressure on ourselves as authors um, that, because I'm an author also, and, you know, you do put pressure on yourself. So this way, if you don't have as much time, you actually probably accomplish a lot more than you think because you're taking notes. And notes is actually writing time. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's something I never used to do. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm not one to plot a story. I will just write it and go with the flow. 
But as I said, now being in that sort of an environment where I'm working constantly, I don't need to plot because I've got all this inspiration happening around me. So, <laughs> but, you, but you're right. There, there, I can, if, even if I have a day off and a day to myself, you, you never dedicate the full eight, nine, ten right, hours right. a day to right. writing because you're constantly busy doing other things. Right. This is true. I can totally relate to that. No, it's yes, very I know. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jo, I know you're organising a massive event next year, and we're very excited and proud of this event. Um, it's perfectly published Perth in 2020, which will be held in Perth. So um, I guess we would like to all know what inspired you to go all the way to Perth when you live in Melbourne, and why did you create this event? <laughs> um, another very good question. So the... <laughs> With the amount of um, signings around the world, um, at the time when, when Perth came to my mind, there wasn't a lot of signings happening in Australia. Um, they had just sort of started to branch out, and myself and my co-host, Maria, who is hosting the event with me, we sort of thought, well, hang on a minute, Perth is the only city on Australian soil that hasn't had a large-scale author event. So we decided with the limited knowledge um, with, with the limited knowledge that we had, we decided to do some research, see what the readership like, was like in Perth, and we just went for it. We put out an expression of interest form, opening up the, um, the panel to all authors from all genres around the world. Um, at first, it started off a little bit, I guess, iffy. People weren't sure because I wasn't very well known, and... There's also the distance that people have to travel to Perth because it is almost well, it is practically yeah. across Australia. So you're <laughs> you're travelling from one end of Australia yeah. to the other pretty much, and That's it's cheaper true. to go to Christchurch and even Bali sometimes. You know, so indeed, that was our very very hurdle. true, Jo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our biggest hurdle, and eventually we got there in the end, and we have. Um, We've got a great lineup. We've got a great lineup of attendees um, at that's this event. Terrific. So that's really that good. Was what, that was what inspired us. Oh, that's very good, and it's, it's fantastic great. that we we can bring it to Perth. And I don't think Perth has ever had this before. So it'll give an opportunity for everyone that lives there to come in and just liaison and say, drop in, say hello, meet all of us, and um, it's just a great networking opportunity. I mean, I know all the author events that I get to go to. I love re- I love meeting everyone. It's fun, and yeah. you end up being life you end up being lifelong friends. So it, yeah, it is very right. exciting. Part of it. It's difficult in the um, state sometimes. We have difficulties here doing book signings because a lot of times they want just best-selling authors and um, not a lot of independent authors, and it, they, it's not very easy. And that's really a shame because we talk about that a lot on my shows. It's really a shame, but it's great that you are doing one and inviting people, you know, to come to it. It's terrific. Because I think I think that's one of the Absolutely. highlights of being a writer. It, that's, that's one of the highlights is meeting people that read your books. So that's great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the reasons why we wanted to. We didn't want to just make it for traditionally published authors or big sellers. You know, we wanted yeah. to give everybody a chance to get out great. there, get themselves known, get their books out there. Because that's what the readers want. They want to meet new people, new readers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. 
J.O., what can we expect at this event? Um, can you give us um, an author lineup, uh, some people that you'd like to mention, um, the different genres, uh, any surprises, anything we, that you'd like to add? Um, you can't put me in a position like that, Jasmina. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's got, they have to they have to come in they have to come in and just enjoy themselves. Do you want to? Can you say the date and time that it is so people will know when to go? Yeah, absolutely. So the perfectly published Perth will be held at the Perth Town Hall next July, so July 18, 2020. Um, from 9am to 5pm, as I mentioned at the Perth Town Hall, we have approximately 50 plus authors from oh, all great. genres, including oh, contemporary romance, thriller, suspense, um, paranormal, and we even have some children's authors coming. So that's also really fantastic. Oh, how exciting. Um, that is very exciting. Tickets are... Tickets are available through eventbrite.com, um, ranging from $30 up to $55, and also on the website, perfectlypublishedperth.com, sorry, .weebly.com. And just to name a few authors out there, we have, obviously, Jasmina um, attending, so Jasmina will be one of Yay. the authors. Yay. Will be my, <laughs> That's um, <laughs> uh, We have Monica James, um, just to name a few. Elena Jade, um, yeah, there's there's a whole heap out there. I don't have the list with me at the moment, unfortunately, so that was just a huge shout-out. Um, but we do have one very big, huge international lineup who is yet to be announced, so um, everybody just needs to stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Surprise Thank lineup, you, yeah. Oh, it sounds all very exciting, and I can't. Can I? Wait. Can I just add I'm something? Just... You know, you you know you uh, feel free to send me the link at the time that you're having it closer to it, and then I'll post it on some of our sites. And um, I know I have an assistant that uh, she's also her name is Andy Jeffrey, and she's also from Australia, so she could get the word out too. So just let me know closer to it, and then I'll post some things for you. Thank you very much. I really oh, appreciate that, Marcia. Thank you for the support. You're welcome. And thank you, J.O. Thank you for making time to be with us today. I truly appreciate it. We really yeah. enjoyed your company. Yeah, it's nice to meet My you. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'll um, I'll stick around for a little longer, too. <laughs> okay, good. Sounds good. good. You can stay as long as you want. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> right, thank <go>. you. <laughs> On that note, we have a second guest um, who is also an author from Down Under. She is a very beautiful and humble person. She's a talented writer, and I can tell you she's a lot of fun to be around with. <laughs> I can certainly vouch for her because I was fortunate to meet Kay Marie back in 2018 in Brisbane, Australia, at the Riveting Reads Australia, which was an author event that I also attended. And um, we got chatting and got to know each other, and she's just a wonderful, wonderful person. I can't say enough about her. So thank you, Kay Marie, for joining us today. Welcome. Hi. Yes. Hi. 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 Welcome. Sure Welcome. Oh, awesome. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was having technical difficulties. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, so sorry to hear that, Kay. But thank you. We appreciate you coming today. But we can definitely hear you loud no, and clear, as long as you can hear us. Yeah. Oh, no, that's we okay. Hear. It was kind of like my own stupidity when it came to technology, nothing else. That was all it was. 
I'm nice. Well, I'm nice to technology type. <laughs> After you should see the things that happen. You should see the things that happen after ten years of doing shows. Don't worry about a thing. Worry about a thing. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like fix this, husband. Fix it now. I need it done. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, please tell all our listeners all about yourself. Oh, no worries. Um, I'm from Newcastle, Australia. I'm a mother of three, and I have a well, I guess a mother of four if you include my husband in that mix. (laughs) Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will. <laughs> yes. Yes. So technically, a mother of four and two dogs and fish and whatever else like that. Now he's putting his finger up at me because he heard me. But he'll get over it. Yes. So I was born and raised in Newcastle, the beautiful city, um, beautiful beaches and stuff. So there's not a lot to know about me. I'm 34, and yeah. So. So, Kay, as you know, Newcastle, yep. Newcastle is also my hometown. I wasn't born there, but I definitely was raised there, and um, I right through to my teenage years. And I can it's a beautiful part of the world. It's just untouched beauty, and I'm very proud of Newcastle, its beaches. It's just a lovely part of the world. But, yeah, no, oh, it's lovely stunning. to have it's you on. stunning here. <laughs> yeah. So, Kay, it's when hot, did you decide to come? Stunning. It is, it is. When did you become to decide, well, sorry, when did you decide to become an author and why? Oh, okay. Um, it was back in 2016 and I had, um, I, I don't know, it's really hard to explain. Um, I read a book from um, RJ uh, Prescott, like it's called The Hurricane, and it just set my world on a completely different axis. You've got to understand, up until that point, I never um, wanted to read. I never really had any any interest in books or anything because um, I struggled a lot with um, spelling and reading and stuff that I just kind of pushed to the side um, because it just became my failure. But then I picked up some books and I thought, you know what, give it another go. Um, Stay-at-home mum and all. So I read and then from then on, I just couldn't get my hands on anything fast enough, basically. That's how it expired, like just transpired in that sense. And then I was sitting on the lounge one day watching a movie with my husband and this story just came to me and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and get it down and see how I go. And then I visited a few book events and stuff like that and interacted with some of the authors and I just found like I belonged there. It was just strange. It was really weird feeling came over me like this is what I was supposed to do. And this amazing lady, Susan Hornsnell, she took me under her wing and she just said, look, it does not matter if you have issues with spelling and and it really doesn't. No, it, it doesn't. And, and, right. Um, because there's editors. The editors take care of it. If you could tell a good story, then you, you can be a writer. That's what really well, counts is right. the story. That's right. Yeah, so it was literally my ultimate fear was to literally write something and then be, like, not crucified, but it was just it was my own self just going, no, nah, you're not good enough to do this. I don't even know why you're trying. And then it didn't help with the background noise of other people. Why bother? Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. So I pushed through all that. I pushed through everything. And I, That's and great. I struggled with, my, my, with depression and stuff. And I thought, you know what, I need to just release it all and see how I go. And then from then, it's just been a whirlwind. Basically three years, that's what it is, been three years. And I've got my 15th book coming out this month. Wow. Um, I run Did you six say anthologies. 
Yeah. I run six anthologies plus a secret one that no one knows about, so, sh- so technically seven, but six. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it just kind of exploded. My world's just kind of just gone, well, this is what you're going to do, and I just did it for my kids. I mainly did it all for my kids because I needed them to realize it didn't matter your state of mind, it didn't matter how old you were, that if you had something that you wanted to do, just go for it. And then you know what? Those pieces of puzzles that you think aren't going to fall into place after you, they're going to do it because your family needs to just lift you up when you are at that point where you can't think you're doing much more. So it's just, it's, it's just a major obstacle that I need them to realise it doesn't matter. Just keep pushing. Just keep going until you think that you've done enough and then keep going some more. Yeah, right. that's, it's, it's really, that's really important. You know, that's really important. And, you know, like a lot of our shows that we talk about, you know, this is what I do because for, I'm an author also, a screenwriter, and, and uh, we talk about this a lot. And the fact that a lot of us have self-doubt and we just always think other writers are better than us and, you know, maybe nobody yeah. wants to listen to what we say. So, you know, I'm actually going to have a show like that after the first of the year because uh, it just came to mind that somebody had mentioned it to me who's a wonderful illustrator and he's having issues like that thinking who cares about what he does and he's fabulous. So I think we, it's yeah. very, there's a lot of us that have a lot of doubt and um, it, 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 it's hard. You just got to keep going through it. You know, and that's what, because you're showing other people that you can do something. And it's, and, you know, even if it takes longer than some other people, it just, it gets, as long as you're getting it done and you're enjoying it, that's a good thing. So that's, you should be proud of yourself for that. I am very proud. It's just, um, it's each day. That's how I deal with things. I I need to just push each day. That's what it is. Um, You can't run ahead. You can't. This is a, a race that, you know, you need to pace yourself. Don't worry about everybody else where they're at. You need to just concentrate on where you're at because the more you concentrate about everybody else, the less you're going to do because your mind becomes that of um, this isn't worth it. Right, you have to have a free mind. Yes, you do. That's right. That's it. And unfortunately, some days I'm not that person and I would just block everything out and go, do you know what? I can't. I just cannot do this today. But then the yeah. next day I'll wake up and go, do you know what? I can take on the world. Let's go. That's right. And That's exactly. I, That's really, yeah. I take on, yeah. Sometimes I take on too much, I think. But, you know, it keeps me busy. keeps me going. Yeah. And you know what, Kay, that's very important. It's very important to say what you just did, and sometimes I can't do that. And that's okay too. We're all human at the end of the day. And I've always been taught, um, my husband says this all the time, charity begins at home. And I guess what I'm trying to say is you're a great role model to your children who see that it's okay to, to not be okay and it's okay to... To reach the stars, and that's something that you're doing by showing them that you believe in yourself and that you believe in something so strong enough that you can achieve yeah. anything you like. As yeah. you have 16 books yeah. later, and if you running a few anthologies, I mean, I couldn't even imagine just um, organising something like that. That would be so much hard work. I mean, I've been part of a few anthologies myself, and I know at the time um, the people that actually uh, hosted those anthologies, uh, how much work it was on them. It was around the clock. So kudos to you, and kudos to everything yeah, that you do. We're wonderful. all very proud of you. Absolutely, that's great. And that's the main thing. We have to have fun. It's very that's important exactly to have fun. That's my motto. <laughs> have fun. 
Who wouldn't be fun? The shame of it is uh, the the part for me is that was my motto in high school, which I think I in college, you know, I could have been better because I was so busy having fun that uh, you know just enjoying it, you know. So I think that's a problem for some people, but you know, it really is important. I've been talking about this a lot on my shows. If you if you really like to write and enjoy it, so that's a good thing, and just have fun with it. Well, and don't good. worry. Don't worry about how much you're going to sell. You can't worry about how much any books sell. You can't worry about that. Otherwise, well, you're not going to finish know, a book. A, well, you know, <laughs> you can have that goal of I want to reach this mark, and that's fine for anybody yeah. else. But for me, I need to just spread my crazy. That's how I see it. I'm crazy. Right. My husband gets enough of it. My kids get enough of it. So I think, you know what? Let's play it on the world and see how we go with that way. That's right. So exactly. Welcome to the world. To this, is our, this is our <laughs> world here. <laughs> Welcome to reality. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Kate, um, I know you're organising a massive event as well next year. Uh, I'm very excited to be part of as well. <laughs> it's Newcastle Book Boyfriend 2020, and it's to be held in my own home um, home. Sta- uh, place where I was actually raised in Newcastle where Kay Marie um, actually lived. So why did you decide to organise such a monumental author event such as Newcastle and why did you choose Newcastle? Ah, well, Newcastle is, well, like I said before, it's absolutely gorgeous here. Beaches are amazing. Um, And I really wanted to get somewhere that was close to a nice beach or something because, you know, nothing goes better than, like, a nice, well, I say beer, everyone else says wine, but a wine, a book, and some water, you know. It's just nice relaxing in the sun. But, um, unfortunately, with the amount of um, attendees that I actually do have, I had to transfer it into a club because it's just, it blew out of from what I originally thought it was going to be from. I think it was 30 authors I originally planned, and now I have 83, and I think I've got more wow. from. Wow, that's, that's terrific. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I think that's a secret I've just let loose, but that's okay. Everyone else can just wait for me to release more of that. I love to tease my group of um, new customers. It sounds so great. It sounds so great to have all these events, you know, with people that you know, too. This is really, that's a, they, they're turning out to be great events. That's really good. Well, that's it. They're and amazing. Like, um, well, I, you know, it's okay to go to like go to a million signings, and you have the exact same authors there, which is fantastic because you know them and love them and stuff. But there's nothing yeah. wrong with a bit of variety and a different atmosphere about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, I could meet somebody in Queensland and go, you know what, it was fantastic hanging out with you. You know what, it would be great to be able to bring you down to my own home turf and show you where what we do here and you know yeah we're only different states but people do things different we have better beaches or better cafes or you know different things different atmosphere can really play into a big role in meeting somebody else like it's crazy yeah, Sorry, I mean, no, that's, I that's really what Sorry. this is. You know, actually, that is what this is, and actually, this is part of the, part of what the show is about: meeting different people and different viewpoints. And you know, the world is a big place. You know, and I think that's you know, right. I've always said this. I've said this on my shows. I mean, I may not be in the room with a lot of my guests, but over the last ten years, I've met such wonderful people, and it's it's really great. I mean, a lot of times people say the Internet isn't good, but it is good in a lot of ways because you meet people you never would have met before and you learn from them. So I think 
you know, that's really the important part of writing in like a show like this, that you meet people that you never would have. And so I, I love it, you know, and it sounds like, you know, with all these events, this is great. I mean, I think that's a really thing for new, you know, for new people that have also never had a, you know, a signing. It's really fun. So I think you guys are doing a great well, job. Right. Well, I think that, like, Newcastle has a, um, a huge readership. I, um, they do a writer's festival here in Newcastle. Um, I've never really looked into it. It's, um, I think it's mainly published authors and stuff where I wanted to have something that was more, it is romance-based, obviously, because I'm a romance author, but I actually opened it up to all genres and allowed um, indie, uh, traditional, like anybody that wanted to come was more than welcome. That's great. They obviously That's really good. Fill out a form. Yeah, so I've got, I think I've actually got some coming from America, some from the UK. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's going to be an amazing event. And then we've just had Justin Michaels sign up. He's coming, the model from America. He's moved to Sydney, oh, fantastic. Australia. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so now Great. he's coming to be my, um, he's going to come and help me on the day with giveaways and stuff, which I've got massive, like, I've, the, the book world and the authors in it are just absolutely amazing. And, you know, they are so giving and they just want to make sure that you are doing the best that you possibly can for the yeah, that you're great. trying to do to raise as much money as you can for the um, charity that you've chosen, which I'm doing Mental Illness Australia. Um, I just believe that it's too taboo in the world still and I, I, I think it needs to be brought more into the light. That, oh, definitely. Um, people need to understand that just because, they go, oh, we don't have depression, we don't suffer from it. No, actually, it's actually proven that everybody suffers depression. Um, there's that 1% in you that you feel sad one day, that's depression. It may not knock you. It, it may yeah, not I think knock it's a, I down. think it's, grow, it's growing. It, you know, it's a growing concern to a lot of people, you know, Absolutely. depression. Absolutely. There are so yeah. many suicides, that, well, let alone in Australia, let alone around the world, Um in just one week, I think there was um, a thousand um, suicides or something. I was reading yeah, up on it. It's, it's very a lot sad, right? I was just talking to it's, somebody that their son tried to commit suicide, and they had absolutely no idea. So I think, you know, people yeah. awareness that it could happen. I think that that's that's really important. The signs. So I think, you know, anything well, that people do with depression is is so important. It's very good. It's it's it's. It's a very sad topic. I get that, and I understand why people don't want to talk about it, but I also don't understand why you wouldn't want to recognize that and try and help Well, no, it's, 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 it's a reality. It's a reality. So, you know, right. well, it some is. people don't like to it talk is. about that, but reality is that people know people that are depressed, and if they can help them in any way for not to commit suicide, this is really a good thing. I, I think it's, you know, Absolutely. very important. I, I agree. Like, well, it's, it's, I'm going to, like, quickly, I'll quickly tell you a a story like back in March, my son turned 13. The next day, I held my son in my arms while he broke down in my broke down, literally tore himself apart because he wanted to kill himself. Because a child at school had told him he was worth nothing in this world and that he should just go it's and so do that. It's so terrible. Um, oh, there was a lot other things involved, and police were nearly involved and stuff because I had lost my mind about it, obviously. But there was nothing worse than holding my child in my arms while he just yeah. broke. Um, it was the most soul-crushing thing I could ever imagine. I don't, um, and I was lucky I caught it when I did. But I feel oh, absolutely, how devastating oh, that would be. Yeah, to that would be the most be late. It would, yeah, 
I could imagine any parent going through something like that, and obviously it, um, it, it it'd be just excruciating seeing your child, and you just feel helpless, not knowing how to reach out Absolutely. to the people that we're here. And there's more to life than bullying and whatever happens. I mean, mental illness is a very global topic. It's yeah. a massive concern. It's not just Australia, it's international, it's every single country, it affects so many people. In fact, I don't think there's a person on earth that doesn't know or is someone who is experiencing these um, uh, mental health issues. So we definitely need more awareness, Kay, and I couldn't agree more. We should all be freely talking about it. We shouldn't be um, tucking it under the rug. Everybody is an, uh, should have their head screwed on, and um, we need to reach out and um, tell people that we do care and tell the world we're here, they're not alone. And thank goodness we have, I know in Australia, we have these you Are You Okay campaigns that support this. Absolutely, and it's yeah. Just, it's just great to be part of this. It's a very, so it's glad. very necessary. It's really necessary, yes. Because if you save one young person from doing it, then you've done your job. Well, that's right. If oh, I can raise a bit of money with this signing um, and give to them to be able to save one or two people, I, I feel like that um, I've accomplished something. Yes. Oh, you have accomplished do you, more. Do you know what more, I mean? More, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So more than turning a blind eye to it. Absolutely, Kay. Absolutely. And finally, Kay, um, just because uh, we have got a few more guests on the show, but yeah. um, just to, I think I took uh, a lot of time you, then. <laughs> oh no, no, not at all. No, it was a very topic talk uh, topic we need to t- discuss. And it, you know what? I, you know what? I'm happy to do. Uh, you know, maybe after the first of the year, I'm happy to do a show like that. I had, I did have a show on post traumatic, you know, syndrome for people. Um, I had it a couple of years ago, and I've been thinking about doing some other shows like that. So I'll mark, I'm going to put you down that maybe we should do something after the first of the year or something like that. I think that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be good. And Go I'm so glad okay. that you're – I'm glad you're dedicating MIA um, towards you, the big event next year. So could you just uh, tell out everybody um, what date is it, where we can get tickets, um, a website – Anything you'd like to um, yes, let us know yes. about. No worries. So the date is uh, the 26th of September 2020. So um, you can get tickets from, there's a group on Facebook. It's called Newcastle Book Boyfriend Author Event, obviously. Um, and you just join the group and there's a ticket link in there. But it will direct you to, I think it's called, um, let me just double check it. It is proticket.com.au events details that's what it is it's ran through new new lantham west where we're holding the event um and the general admission tickets i think they're only well all our VIPs sold out within five minutes um so i've got none of those left i've only got general admission (laughs) tickets left and i i think they were i was doing them at i think it was only about 25 dollars i think so it's pretty cheap and we have no there's no cap on these um, tickets, so they're on sale now for the whole year until the event. Um, so if whether we sell 100 or we sell 500 to 6 or whatever, it doesn't matter. We have no cap. There's no stopping it. So as many tickets we can sell, we're going to sell because um, that money, they, the ticket sales will be going towards the charity, obviously. Um, so we've been able to get a room that will host 600 people. So Wow. With, yeah, with so many people coming and going, we're allowed to have an uncapped ticket limit. So it's fantastic. 
So I don't expect, obviously, to fill it out, but I'm hoping we can get there at least. But, Sounds yeah. great. So that's, if, yeah, that's basically it, yeah. Congratulations on all the hard yes. work that you are and yes, um, putting absolutely. into the event. You are appreciated by all of us, and um, we're very proud of you. And I'm so looking forward to it. I cannot wait, and it's going to be very exciting. Just to meet everybody and oh, have a yeah. bit of banter. It'll be fun. Thank yeah, you, Kate. Thank you for coming on. No worries. And thank you. Yes. Yeah, so it was so. It was very nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. But I do. I have your name here for to reach out to. You. So good luck. That'd be great. Um, thank you for having me, ladies. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy your day. <laughs> yes, definitely. <Thank> <laughs> yeah, I forgot it's day there. It's night here. <laughs> night here. Yes, yes. Right. It's uh, twenty to one here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so different. I know. It gets so confusing with all these different time zones. And, I know, oh, believe me. So hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hard. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. It is hard. I mean, today's show was dedic- is dedicated to gratitude and paying it forward and yes. kindness. And to mm-hmm. me personally, gratitude begins within. It's about the love and peace within our souls that keep us grounded, well-balanced, and that motivates us to be part of something tangible in life. Yeah. Um, it's a bigger purpose that creates hope for those who are less fortunate, those who lack support and have no one to guide, mentor, and inspire them. So it, it, it's good that we all appreciate that we belong to one world, one life, and one love, but we all do we all leave different footprints in the sand. So our yes. next guest is a perfect example of what it means to leave a legacy and be a game changer. He puts others first and values good deeds by humanitarians. He is the founder of Good Global Goodwill Ambassadors, Richard DePilla. Um, so Global Goodwill Ambassadors is a global network, networking organisation who recognises good people performing humanitarian work and support initiatives to serve the people who need and will benefit the most. And I would like to introduce you all to Richard. Hi, Richard. Hi. Thanks for joining Hi, us. Richard. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for hosting me. I appreciate it. It's lovely to have you here. Richard, please tell us a bit about yourself. Let our listeners know who you are, where, you've, where you were raised, anything you'd like to add. Well, I um, I was raised in South Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. Um, had my education there in, in New Jersey, and then uh, moved on to uh, the West Coast. Went to out to California and was in San Francisco during during a lot of the the big digital boom. So I I was it was exciting being there at the start of Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and and all the, the digital marketing. Right. Um, and I was at the time I started out in newspaper, went into broadcasting, and eventually ended up um, doing a lot of work in, in the digital marketing that I really recognized early on from from being there, right in the heart of it, that that this was the future, and obviously that's that's played out true. Um, so that's that's pretty much the start and background of of myself. Um, you know, like along the way, since I was out there in um, in California and actually in San Francisco, I, I knew a lot of people that started LinkedIn. So I was an early user of LinkedIn and um, 
you know, I always used it. I never needed it for my career or wasn't there for a job. So I started using it in a different way. And, and that was just trying to get to know people from all around the world for self-enrichment. Uh, yeah. I ended up, I ended up amazing myself at, at learning a lot about myself and, and that ended up being true about a lot of others that, that we yeah. really, it's a, uh, it's a small world, but we, we really don't know that much about each other. No, so, no, we um, don't. It's very important. It's very important. Yeah, to very be able important. To, that um, is the good thing, you know, that, that has brought everybody together, all these things. I, you know, there's a lot of bad things that happen too, but the good news is, is it does bring people together that never would have met. So I, I think it's a terrific way to communicate. Well, oh, it, definitely. It is. Yeah, and, you, you know, I, I know you mentioned the bad things, and I, st- I started, you know, early on, the, the Internet was not nearly as bad. It was wide open, but... Um, it was very you know, different, over, yeah. Yeah. Over, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and over the last decade or so, it's been um, it's been progressively getting to be a place where the anonymity of people has given them free reign to actually create things like cyberbullying and yep. you know like all kinds yeah. of things online that, that were that were in a, just not good for uh, general society you know just being right. part of it yeah. everybody has enough stress in their regular lives without having it there right so um you know that's that's the point to where it was in uh, the end of 2012 that I started to recognize certain individuals that I had met and communicated with because of the things they told me they were doing, which had also surprised me. And, and the things they were doing, the, the very first one was a, a woman in Iran who told me that every weekend she went to orphanages and because they had nobody else there, you know, other than people that volunteered to go see them. And, and I, I remember, you know, other than being a little bit shocked, I was wondering, why am I shocked at that? You know, there's there's good people everywhere. Yes. But I also realized that I had my own my own thoughts about a certain country because of what I had seen on TV and, and had somehow reflected that onto its people. And, and so so, so that I, I just decided to write about it, you know, like, and I wrote a little thing and I created a little – a little picture of her and said, you know, look, I was talking to this wonderful woman in Iran and uh, I just want to recognize that she, the stuff that she does and the things that she does and the kindness that she does in my, in my mind makes her a LinkedIn global ambassador, goodwill ambassador. And, And that's what I, I did one. And, and the next day, because like I said, I had a large network that was building when you, when you're there, when you start everybody, everybody in San Francisco was on LinkedIn before anybody else heard of it, you know, but, um, yeah. So, so, um, I got like 500 messages in my box, which I had never gotten that many, you know, I had right. five, 10 or something. Wow. And they're there. Why not? I, you ought to also, you know, talk about this person here and this person. So, uh, I I thought to myself, you know what? They're a good person. Let me let me look at them. And I looked at their profile and saw what they were doing, communicated with them, and I started just on my own naming people that were from different areas, uh, with ne- never with any intent of it ever being anything more than just sharing goodwill. And, yeah. Um, well, and it's very important. Uh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just fast forwarding no, a little right. bit now. Um, well, you know, I, 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 
Go, go I'm ahead, sorry, Jeffrey. Richard. I was just I'm just going to interject. I was going to say, you raise a very uh, important uh, topic, actually. You mentioned how social media and media in general um, tends to um, give us an idea of what a certain country should be like or what the people should be like. And this is something that's very, very true that we face every day in society. And it's just great that we have um, a networking um, platform like Global Goodwill Ambassadors who, uh, who do... Who, who emphasise what these countries do and the people um, that are in them and um, the humanitarians that do go above board and pay forward and help um, massive organisations and uh, uh, spread goodwill. So it, it, it's very important and kudos to you for um, forming such, founding such an important organisation as GGA. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, um, what challenges are you faced on a daily basis Basis. I mean, I know we're massive. We're we're a massive organisation um, in 211 countries. What do you find is your biggest challenge? Well, the, the, the challenges weren't evident early on because early on it was a safe harbor for the first three or four hundred people that I named, where they I, I put them all together in in, in a common group. And uh, and they started communicating with one another, and I, I saw the, the the natural goodness of just bringing people together. Uh, but I was also working full time and, and doing this, you know, like at night, and, and it got to be really labor intensive. So uh, thank thank goodness that uh, people uh, reached out to me and said, "Hey, is there a way that I can help you? Because this is a good thing, you know." And and that's that's when the idea came that I could actually have other people contributing and helping eventually led to us having a, a full full global board and uh, chapter uh, presidents and directors in each country. And then Lisa Jones came on board and has done a wonderful job in the last three years of, of organizing everything and building the website. A long, long story short as far as the what problems we've had. The problems we've had are the same problems that any organization – uh, faces when when size starts to come into play because you you start everybody then decided or a lot of a lot of people would reach out to me and say hey did you uh, I would like to be a global goodwill ambassador and before before having resources and structure in place you know like I would look look at their profiles and what was available online and say hey they they, they look like a good person well come to find out people put anything online. And yeah. Correct. They, they don't. Yeah. That is they, so they true. Don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so the problem I ran into there was, was uh, actually my own, my own kind heart in in that you know like I would just see people you know like and obviously if they if they wanted to be part of it and they were doing good, good deeds as I could see, that I didn't have the resources to check in the backgrounds of people that are that are from Australia, from India, from Pakistan, from you know, New, Ze- New Zealand, from, from any country. I just, you know, I didn't. All I could do is, like, look up, you know, I Google their name and, and, and look up their organization. Uh, I didn't go much further than that. So um, so I, I think we ended up taking, early on, we ended up taking people that um, that may have done something good, but that didn't mean that they, they fulfilled the role of humanitarian. Um, so... Uh, that that became that kind of became a problem because those people then if, didn't act the way that I 
I intended the organization, which I I laid out some basic rules. You know, no no hate speech at all if you're a global goodwill ambassador. You have to, yeah. you know, you can't have any hate. You can't have any bias. You can't talk about politics. You can't. I just wanted it to be a safe place. Well, the people that weren't in it for the right reason, they started. They started talking about politics, you know, between this country and that country, and uh, and and uh, you know, I had to basically come down on them, and um, and it was hard, you know, I can't monitor everything and everybody, and that's in in gaining more structure to the organization, adding people, and then the people themselves that were the good people decided that that they were going to pitch in and help. And keep an eye on people and say, look, you're part of you're part of this place. We we this organization. We like this organization. We like it because I don't worry about being bullied. I don't worry about this. And you're doing wrong. You're breaking the rules. So you're not part of us anymore. And, and well, was, no, you know, it is very difficult. It is very difficult these days. You know, and um, I've done shows for ten years, and there are times when I felt like I wanted to do something political, but I never do because I just feel this is not what I do, and I don't, you know, it, it's it's not really, you know, because you can have a lot of people talking about something that really don't know what they're talking about, and it would get into a discussion that may really be bad. So I've stayed away from it all these years, you know, and I agree with you because you know it, it can be. Really, it can a be very, very dangerous. dangerous thing. Right. It's a right. very dangerous thing, yes. you know, because um, a lot of times people say too much anyway online. You know, I mean, I've kept my profile. It's about my books, my writing, my shows. That's it, you know. But I know people are putting far too much out there, and you, people do not know who's watching them. That's very important, right. and it's so exactly. true. And they. It's a fine line that you need to draw and it's just nice yeah. to be neutral and we're in it for humanity and we're in it for the right reasons and to help those who benefit the most. But Richard, obviously you've presented us with your challenges, but after that we also have some great memorable experiences. Is there anything that stands out in your mind um, in all your um, years with GGA um, that has made an impact in your life? Um, anything, anything you'd like to share? You know there 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 are so many, and you know, now that we've grown and and all the the good works that people are doing and sharing in the in the good name of uh, GGA, um, there was there was one in particular about three or four years ago that that I really really brought home the impact uh, of of what a network like this can do. And that was a, a call that I received at two o'clock in the morning because I, I had my phone number on my LinkedIn profile, you know, at the time. And I think I still might have it on there. Um, and I got a call from a, a woman who um, started telling me that about this other woman that she knew who called her and needed help because her husband that was from a, um, another country had actually uh, taken the children and brought them to this other country, and yeah, um, yeah, that's, and that yeah. he was very abusive, and he had stolen them, and and she feared that, that that he was going to do something to them. And I said, like what? And she says, I, I my my guess is he'll probably try to sell them there. And mm. you know, I mean, I went into I went into like initial panic. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, you yeah. know, like, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I can, 
you know, ask, ask some dumb, I ask dumb questions like, well, did you call the police? They're, they're not going to do anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't even, mm. I, don't, I know, I know, I know where he is. I just don't know how to do anything. So um, I, I got, I said, well, well, give me your number. And I, and I made a, um, an, an inquiry and call to somebody in that country that was a global goodwill ambassador that I, I knew had worked um, you know, in the area of, in in that area from from Global Goodwill Ambassadors, just with um, trafficking, actually, um, it was just first person I could think of, and um, you know, I got a hold of her, and she said, "Well, uh, I I knew who I'll call," and she called uh, another person who wasn't a Global Goodwill Ambassador at the time, and now is, um, but but he was a um, he was an attorney, an immigration attorney who was really close to the Supreme Court uh, in that in that country. And short story, after that, a few calls were made. The police went out. They got the kids back. He was going to sell them in Bangladesh, um, mm. was his intent. And, um, and they took the children back and were returned to uh, the mother about three months later after wow. they had been in custody of some friends wow. there and everything. So um, – in other words, saving yeah. saving lives, you know, has that's you can't you can't get any more emotional and impactful than that. So, right. so that, no, that right. left that left a delible mark on me, and it, and it actually Absolutely. helped me shape shape the programs and initiatives that we're doing now, which are education based primarily. You know, we're we're really big with my body is my body uh, program that's in 54 countries now. And that's um, a child abuse prevention program that, that we'll just keep, keep expanding now that, now that we got our 5013C together yeah. and, um, yeah. and, and help them. So, um, you know, in that way we can save lives early. Well, that's really good work. I mean, so. because that's really important, you know, I mean, there's so many people out there that are abused that people don't re- they don't really realize that the numbers are staggering. Of the numbers can, are two are too ridiculous. Are, one one out of one out of four, according to Christian yeah, Sykes, yeah. who runs it, one out of four people have been abused. That 25 yeah. percent of the world. And as I pointed out to her, I said, if that's true, and I know that the people that have been abused end up having that be a generational part of what they do sometimes. And also there's always, if if one child is abused and the others aren't, and they're in a family, they're affected by it. Oh, yes. Obviously the, the secondary spouse is affected by it. So when you start to look at it, it it could be anywhere from 50 to 60% of the world have been touched in some way, shape, or form. And in some cases, people don't even remember. It's a repressed thing, and then all of a sudden, Something it comes happens, out. Right. You know. yeah. So, um, so yeah. I, 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 really, I believe in that program. And, and you know, we have, we have healthy programs everywhere. You know, we have programs for, for refugees, youth advocacy programs, world peace. We have um, initiatives for, that are environmental. We've been able to touch so many different things. I, I was on the phone uh, earlier today with uh, somebody who works for the UN who um, who is going to be meeting me next April, um, you know, because the, the UN actually needs some help with their SDG program. And, and I came up with an idea that he liked. Uh, he had just met with Pope Francis 
about um, three months ago, and um, you know he wants to. Pope Francis is very involved in trying to get things, and I said, well, we've got to stop asking the government for governments for their their stories and stuff that are put on on the UN. I said because I can tell you the truth, the governments all have programs and they all sound great, but the real stories I get are are from the people. See, I built yeah. my organization yeah. from the streets up. I didn't build it right. from the governments down like a lot of other major organizations. Because well, that's, that's so, why you're getting the real story, but you're getting the story, yeah, from what's abs- really happening. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we're we're looking at at potentially, um, you know, being involved with them pretty heavy next year in trying to get people to provide content for video and and also uh, journalistic, uh, you know, but from people, just regular people, yeah, yeah. because he said he said that that could that could fill a, a whole network. He said we they can eventually build a TV station around it, you know, with content. And I said, well, you know, like I'm, I probably won't be around to see all this, but if we can be part of that, then I don't see why we wouldn't. It doesn't change anything that we do. It just allows people to have their voice sent further out. Well, right, because and, sometimes they don't know who to talk to. They don't know where to go or who to talk to. And it sounds like, you know, people. You would think people could do it, but it's very difficult for people to admit even what's happening to them. So that's the other problem. Well, that's the other thing that uh, I that I think. Yeah. That a residual benefit of doing it the way that uh, we we did this, yeah. and and I keep saying we now because it's transformation is you know every person that's a, a global goodwill ambassador has contributed to the the evolution of the organization. What we've done is just kept it pure to its name, and you know, yeah. we've, you know we we've kept money out of the mix, which is a big thing, you know, because Huge there's thing. no, no yeah. chance that we're yeah. we're we're corruptible. We, yeah. you know, I said we can't be corrupt. We don't take in money. We don't ask no. for money. Yeah, well, so, that's the thing, right? Sure. You, if you don't take money, right, then there's nothing they could say because you're not doing it for money. You're doing it because it's something important. And and it it has stayed and remained that way, you know. Okay. As uh, since we just got the five hundred one c three, the only thing that we would do would be to to actually, if we ever did anything, wouldn't be to take money from people. Would be to say, hey, we have this these pe- these kids in, and I'll be hypothetical in, in Tibet need need books for their school. If anybody wants to contribute. You know, we have a we to them. Here's who they are. We have people on the ground to make sure your money, instead of going to a general fund, is going to them, who will send you back verification because I got chapter presidents there. I have people there that, are, that will actually make sure that it's that way, and they'll send you pictures, and you'll you'll be part of their you know part of their history. That's that's what I want to do with the with the organization from from that point. Other than that, it's just you know the continuing to to build and make the platform better and and get the word out because you know like I've I've often told people if, if I had 7.3 million a billion people I'm sorry and and that were global goodwill ambassadors we'd have total world peace. Yeah, yeah, would be nice. And wouldn't that, right. like that, you know? that would be that would be amazing and a dream. Wouldn't it be for nice. a lot of us? Oh, it would really be nice. Well, I mean, it really would. It's uh, it's. You know, it really, I mean, I don't think people, yeah, it's scary because, you know, there's a whole generation of kids out there that absolutely are seeing a lot of the wrong things. So, you know, they need to see the good things in life and what life has to do. I I agree with that. I I think you're absolutely right. And, And actually, they have to actually know that there are good things out life. 
yes. there in life. They don't and always even know. On, even right. online. No, I, yeah. yeah, they didn't, they didn't grow if, – if they grew up with the in, in an Internet age and the only thing they've been exposed to is what's on the Internet, they, they know that yeah. there's predators on there. They know that there's people yeah. that are yeah. that are going to be mean to them, just just like you did when you introduced the show. You said, you know, sometimes we get callers that are that are like this. Well, yeah. imagine right. imagine living in their young worlds where, where they're, they're used to it. They could tell us stories. Well, you yeah. know what? That's a yeah. shame. That's a shame. You know, yeah. So, because they can't learn know, them. You know they can't learn. They're afraid. They can't live right. You know, they don't enjoy things. They're scared. And that's really not a good way to come up into this world and, you know, have a good life because it, it carries through the rest of their lives. Well, sure we, won't get down we, we, will, we will have a good example. The organization won't die now because it's got. 15,000 members plus and it, and it is got chapters in in all, all over the world and the people that are part of it that are really genuinely part of it that are doing good works protect it in their countries and their chapters and and they they're growing yeah. as individuals uh, you know it gets uh, they've gotten recognition for being part of it they they do they do good works they they do clothing drives and things and 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 how do they do it? They end up doing it because they can just – they know that they can ask people and tell people who we are. And once other people who have more means find yeah. out the mission and goal, they're really willing to, to help out. So we accomplish a lot of things you know, without having to, to always just reach into somebody's pocket and, and do it. And uh, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the best kind of good. That's the inalienable good. You know, that's, that's Richard. what – Yes, Sorry. yes. Um, I actually, I actually have a question for you. Um, you mentioned that we um, support all these global organisations through what we do, and obviously, um, who we are and the networks that we have worldwide. So, we support, we motivate um, all these organisations during our growth. Where do you see us in five years? Where do you see Global Goodwill Ambassadors? Well, in in about Two weeks when we get our our final number, we were notified that we were um, that they we went through. It took us a year in the U.S. to get our 501c3, and the reason we we needed to have that because I never thought I I would need it is that in order to actually have genuine affiliations with with the largest groups, you you have to be in a registered NGO. So oh, once we have that. We're we're now going to have some affiliations that are going to set up through UN, UNESCO, and other organizations. Those affiliations are only are only there. That's that's not because I view them as being a necessity for what we do. I don't. Matter of fact, I I put our our standing in general above almost any any organization that I've seen. Not that organizations aren't good, but because because of their their size and scale, they end up having so many issues that we talked about the bad things. They have them too, and every organization does, including malfeasance and you, you, you name it. So, but to be to have those partnerships also give us a lot of a lot of future potential in doing projects because it's nice to do an educational project that has the backing and support of UNESCO because it's UN's it's just known. 
you know, yeah. if we're doing a project on environment, we have organizations that, you know, we could uh, we could tie with uh, Greenpeace and other organizations that that have that that are known for it. So I think the piggybacking will will help us. And if and now that we uh, now that we have so many strong people like Jasmina, who's done such a wonderful job in, yeah. in all of Oceania and Australia. We we have people now that actually see it and they get it. You know, I don't get anymore. Yeah. Well, what exactly do you do? Uh, and I would say, well, I bring people together. <laughs> yeah, I know, well, because that's <laughs> not right. That's not the natural way things are going. So it's it's uh, people don't I, think of I, that I, naturally I, as the first thing. Yeah. Well, well, people Thank never you, got Richard. it. Like they, yes, <laughs> you're welcome. No. Um, I mean, people, <laughs> no. people in the past just didn't understand. They, they 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 didn't realize how great it was to do something that's simple that isn't done today. I mean, everybody yeah. everybody's on their own. Everybody's on their own and on their phone. You know, it, yeah. they actually get put people together to actually share part of their lives is is a is something that I'm hoping we bring back into the the part of society that we're touching. And yeah. The growth is it's a good the growth if it continues to grow, you know, it can only be a good thing. Even if I think it will because, I think it will because basically people are good and so when they realize that they can do, you know, as much or as little as they want, just something to get people together, I think that that will work. I I think you're doing a great job of trying to do this. So well, it it takes time well, you to get people to think yeah, another way. It definitely does. It definitely does. And thank you, Richard. Thank you very much for thank coming on so the show. Oh, yes. 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 Thank you so much. Yes, and for sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and, and listening to me. And, and you know, I any links passionate. or any time you want to come on the show, just email me, and uh, you're more than welcome to, because I do a lot of different kind of shows. It's not just all fun and games. I also do serious shows, too, when I have a topic that someone wants to talk about. I'm happy to do it. So remember, okay, you're welcome. To come back. I, I will. Thank you, Richard. Thank, okay, thank, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. All right, all right take care you. now. All right. Na- bye-bye. Bye. Nat- naturally, naturally, with every organization, um, an organization has a great leader, and um, it's these leaders who ensure the success of the corporation, and they have their best interests at heart. Uh, they are the pillar um, of the foundation and the foundation and keep it flowing. They continue to make sure that it operates through challenges and the peaks. And without them to hold it all together, no organisation would continue to be successful or sustainable. So yeah. on this note, yeah. I would like to introduce you all to a very good friend of mine and who is the President and Chief Operations Officer of um, Global Goodwill Ambassadors, and that's Lisa Jones. Hello, Lisa. Finally, Hi. we're up to you. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Jasmine. We're moving down the list. We're Thank moving you, down well, yeah, thank you. Thank you nice both to meet for you. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Lisa. Um, Lisa is um, basically runs the show. She's a great strength. She holds Richard up. She holds the entire organisation up. And uh, without her, I'm not sure where GGA would be today. But first, Lisa, could you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. I am originally from Virginia, and that's the accent that you will hear. I grew up in the Shenandoah Valley. <laughs> moved to Connecticut for um, – I worked for a global um, ink manufacturer, largest in the world, and I moved to Connecticut where I met my husband of 18 years. 
I now Great. live wow. in the Midwest. I live I live in Minnesota in one of the coldest states in the US. Yes. So, um, it's cold. Yeah, it's cold it's, there. Yes, it's it's already we already have snow on the ground. So I have a I have a, an adorable cat named Piper. And um and I'm a aside from GGA, I'm also I'm an entrepreneur. I am I admire everything that you you all have been talking about being authors and what you go through. I was lucky enough to be a contributor to a best-selling career book last November that was published that came out. And I was kind of in a panic about the 10 pages that I had to write. Um, I'm a resume, academic CV writer, LinkedIn profile writer. And, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, I reached out to Richard and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. He's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, I struggled for because yeah, I am not, I am a short, concise writer. So it's kind of, it's so different. And I appreciate everything that all of you go through that write massive, extremely good books. And I've read several of Jasmine's, which are fantastic. Yes, she's but, good. Um, yeah. oh, I feel so yes. special. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, it's, it's, it's great working with you. And, you know, I've been a, a GGA for, I think I've, for four, almost four years, um, I've held every position that there is in GGA and just enjoyed enjoyed this so much and thankful for Richard for starting this and bringing me on board as part of GGA. I've met wonderful, wonderful people. How did you actually originally become part of it? Um, could you take us through that? Sure. You know, honestly, I was on LinkedIn. I was connected to Richard. And I kept seeing, it. then it was LinkedIn Global Goodwill Ambassadors come out. And I wrote to him once and I said, what is a LinkedIn Global Goodwill Ambassador? And it was just <laughs> short. And he came back and he told me and I said, okay, thanks. And then I think he read my profile um, because I do a, quite a bit of volunteering. And um, uh, several months later, I, he, he, I woke up and I was, a, I was a Global Goodwill Ambassador. And then I became the first country director for the USA and then became president later. So wow. it's great. Um, and, and, you, and you do an amazing job running such a prestigious yeah, organization. But as the president and the um, CEO, you are obviously op- responsible for the operation of such a successful network. Um, how do you actually find the time to ensure GGA actually contributes to be as successful as it is? I mean, what is your secret, Lisa? I know you never sleep for one. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I don't sleep. Um, I think that when you have something that you're so um, passionate about, it, it becomes easy and you find the time. But yeah. over the years when we've found such wonderful people just like you, Jasmina, it's it's become so easy. It's become a whole lot easier, and because you're VP of Oceana, and becoming any day now, when I make the image, VP of Communications for Global Goodwill Ambassadors. Thank wow. you for great. accepting that. Um, thank you very yeah, um, much. That's great. Thank you, and it, all of the good people have made it, you know, a lot easier. Um, I do the I do work on the website. Um, I'm you know, it's. I think that through the years that we've all developed the processes and policies and procedures that that are fine-tuned every time we talk, and that makes it easier for all of us and easier to concentrate on different areas versus just making 
you know, me making all the images for one country when other countries are, you know, make their own now. Um, I think that's just made it, all the good people that help with everything has made it a lot easier to, to manage time-wise. Uh, but again, I think you it's make, the passion. But you make it look so flawless. I mean, you, you, yeah. there's you have so to many have it people in you, though. involved. You, I don't know how you honestly have the time. Um, you're there always for everybody, and you, you're just there. I mean, since you took the reins, the the organisation has grown in so many ways. And I know for for one, being involved in the organisation, we have some wonderful um, causes and um, uh, initiatives that we we introduced. Could you take us through them and tell us about that? Oh, sure. Um, you know, we have one of our core initiatives is My Body is My Body, as Richard mentioned, Chrissy Sykes. That's, um, it's a child abuse prevention program. And the amazing work that all the countries are doing by presenting that has been wonderful. We have a Shaba Faraday who's created one of the most successful tree initiatives that I've ever seen. Uh, and she's in Uganda and one of our international spokespeople. Um, it's been wonderful. And Jasmina, you've created several peace initiatives that we've all, you know, become part of. And it's, we just continue and on, on that path of, you know, people creating the initiatives and then we share them. Uh, we are also partnered with the, um, the SDG, the Action Campaign, 2030 Campaign of SDGs also. And you, you are our uh, inspiration for that, Jasmina. And thank you. Um, but we also have, we offer free classes, and we have three that are, we have Amina who, Dr. Amina who just started one and is offering it to 50 people, and then in January it's open to all DGAs. We've got Chrissy who's going to be create, bringing on two classes to teach people more about how to present My Body is My Body, and we have Maria who just um, created Expanding Global Influence that will be coming up. Uh, Sunday or Monday. So the free classes have been amazing because that also helps bring people together. But it's giving it's giving individuals in other countries and even in our country that may not have the funds for school, the access to go to further, you know, personal improvement. And I think that it's really helping them and everyone. And everyone has enjoyed the classes, and we hope to keep having adding more and more to our learning institute. It sounds wow. terrific. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to do, you know. It, it is. <laughs> I see. And you can you know what, when you do all those things, there's no way you can get as much sleep because you do because you probably have quiet time at night. That's probably when it, you know, you do things. That's why a lot of us are up late at night because it's just like there's no phone and you're just kind of doing your work, right? I mean, I assume. Well, you know, I, 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 my my colleagues are are constantly catching me on message boards. Jasmine and I, Josh are always telling me, "Go to sleep, Lisa. Go to sleep." <laughs> I know, I have that too. You know, I know. Because <laughs> people like, say that, right? But you know, but if it's global, you have to actually be up to to talk to some people too, because yeah, you know, um, it's just exactly. you know different I mean, time zones. Exactly, and that's one of the, the challenges of we have we have global we have chair meetings and. We, we started doing those um, two days in a row on two different time zones. 
but yeah. it's still a little hard because someone is always up late or in the middle of the night or extremely yeah, early. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I had, I've had people on the show. I've had people on this show in, in, from the U.K. It's like 2 or 3 in the morning or something, you know, and I didn't realize that. And I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, I should have had her on first, but she stays the whole time. <laughs> and so I said, oh, I should have had her first, but then I realized how long she's, you know, what time it is there, you know, when we're doing shows. Uh, yeah, it's kind of thank goodness for Alexa and thank goodness for Google, so I can Google what time is it in Sydney, Australia, so I know whether I know. to reach okay. out. And... We had a few issues <laughs> trying to get it. Thank God, right. Alexa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lisa. We are so grateful. Uh, on behalf thank of you. all the global ambassadors, you are one amazing president. You are a great ambassador for women and men and men nation uh, throughout the entire world. Um, and it's just incredible, your dedication, your passion, and just the culture that you have in you to empower all of us from everywhere and be there when we need you the most, uh, emergencies um, or just to supporting all of us. Yeah. So you are... You are a true inspiration, and as I said earlier, I don't think GGA would be where it is today without you and Richard behind the reins, and we just want you to know that it doesn't go unnoticed. We are very grateful to have such an amazing president, and you truly are amazing. Um, is there anything you would like to say to, not just to the Global Goodwill ambassadors out there, but to all the humanitarians around the globe who do work tirelessly day in, day out, our true unsung heroes? Is is there anything you'd like to, is there any advice you'd like to give? Well, I'd like to thank everyone out there who takes the time to help others. And humanitarians, it, even your random act of kindness can, I think that it's contagious and it, it spreads. So it, even if you feel like you're not impacting a large group of people, if you can help one person, right, do exactly. what you can, do what you can to help one person, that person yeah. will in turn pass, pay it forward and help someone else. I've, yeah. I, that's happened. That I've that's been instilled um, in me since I was a child, watching my grandparents do it, and it just became one of those things that automatically happened. And I just would like to thank everyone out there, the humanitarians, for every what what they may consider is small, but it all counts. Everything matters. Yeah, but you I put it all together, and that, put it everybody. all together, and it's really good. Yeah, it's it's yeah, global. Absolutely, yeah. everyone makes a difference. Thank you, Lisa. I mean, I Thank can say you. I personally do it, but. I admire you as a leader and everything that you do, and I can't thank you enough. And please, thank you from the heart for joining us today. And um, yes, telling thank us about you so yourself. much. Thank you so much for having me, and I really oh, you're appreciate welcome. Anytime you need me to wonderful. spread the word, just let me know. Just let me know. Thank you. Thank you so much, you're Marcia. Um, Take care. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And we have a final guest today who's yes, been waiting. Yes, we do. So yes, we do. <laughs> Um, this amazing person has touched my heart in more ways than one. And indeed, he is the heart of Australia. He is an, he's an advocate for homeless. And his dedication, passion and personal experiences recently recognised him as a Global Goodwill Ambassador for Australia through his humanitarian 
I have worked closely with Alex Connolly and I can assure you all that dedication for economic sustainability and supporting Australia's homeless is absolutely... It's mind-blowing. So on this note, I would like to welcome you, Alan, and thank you for being Hello. And thank you so much. Right, right. He's giving me, right. He's telling me also, thank you so much for d directing me. I mean, you know, there's, he was saying that there's some noise in the background. So thank you for letting me know. I, I thought it was gone, but it might still be here. But we'll hope it's not. Do you hear it now? No, I, it, everything's clear here now, Marcia. All right, good. All right, good. Okay, because right, I know it. Just checking with me. Okay, good. It's so nice to meet you and have you on. And lovely to meet you too, Marsha. And thank you very much, Jasmina. Um, you know, this year has been such uh, such an overwhelm, really, in as much as uh, we all know uh, when it's our purpose in life, sometimes we don't realize how much time and energy we're putting into these things. But it's nice every now and again for somebody to, to just reach out and say, hey, you know, um, we can see that you're you're really trying to make a difference and, um, uh, you know, and we really support you in that. And Global Goodwill Ambassadors uh, all around the world now have reached out and, and allowed me to, um, to just realize that the work is so important. So thank you, everybody, so much. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's our pleasure. Important. Alan, yes. Alan, could you please tell everybody a bit about yourself? Um, could you let us in on um, your life, I guess? How, tell me about where you were raised and so forth. So as you can maybe tell from my uh, Aussish accent, I'm not an actual-born Australian. <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But saying that, I've, I've been here 27 years. I left the UK when I was 30, so that's why I call myself Aussish. I'm too English to be Australian, but I'm still um, <laughs> too Australian. So we're, we're right in that middle zone there. But um, I did grow yeah. up in, in northwest England in a wonderful, uh, supportive community environment uh, in, in Blackpool. Now, mm -hmm. for those of you who've never heard of Blackpool or don't know where a thing about Blackpool, it's a um, tourist seaside resort uh, just a little bit further up the north coast from Liverpool and Manchester. And in a period of about seven months, it has around six million visitors. Wow. And wow. And the, That's yeah. Impressive. Jeez. And the population of the town is only about five to six hundred thousand. So you can imagine that there are times, yeah. You, you well, you must have liked it. You must have liked it there because you never came. You never went back. You stayed. <laughs> so I think you liked it then. <laughs> well, so, Alan, uh, tell us what did you I, do? What did you do? Um, in your professional life, where did you work? So my wonderful career advisor at school, um, when you know he asked what uh, my future aspirations were, um, 
said that uh, number nine for Arsenal was probably not the best career choice and maybe I should uh, become an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so I started off in engineering um, and then Maggie Thatcher actually had a bit of influence on the coal and the steel industry and the unions at the time. So uh, for the first time ever in the UK, um, indentured apprentices uh, weren't guaranteed a job after they finished their uh, education. Which is a great, so which that, is a great thing. Well, you know, yep. it's, it's very hard for kids. They don't know what to do. You know, a lot of times. I mean, they really don't. It, it seems like, you know, a lot of a lot of times kids think that everybody knew what they wanted to do when you were in school, but really, most people don't know all the time. You know, of what their plan is or what they can do with their life. Yes. So. The challenge for me was um, I still had a year of my apprenticeship to serve, um, knowing that at the end of that apprenticeship, there would be very few engineering jobs to be had uh, in the UK. Yeah. So what was supposed to be this job for life and, um, you know... Uh, <laughs> Wasn't. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, it, 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 it was. Sorry, but, Alan. So just, I'm just going to interject. Um, being a Global Goodwill Ambassador on behalf of the Australian chapter, could you tell us about the cause that you support that is closest to your heart? Um, could you guide us and explain to us how it all began and um, where you are today and how it's enhanced your life? Yes, sure, Jasmine. <laughs> I think there's, you know, around the world, everybody um, understands that sometimes you might be only three paychecks or three challenges away from uh, some kind of uh, adversity and, you know, maybe uh, slipping into poverty or, or becoming homeless. And um, it, it, the reason I uh, am now shining a light on homelessness and saying this is because homelessness can happen to anybody. That's right, yes. And it, and it does happen to anybody. Yeah. And um, for, for me, when I came to Australia, you, you know, you asked why did I stay, why didn't I go back? It was because I'd met the, the love of my life and um, uh, we were... A, you know, we were engaged when we came to Australia, but we got married very quickly after being here. So over the years, Australia, um, when we started our family, became, you know, that Australian dream, that opportunity yeah. to do whatever we wanted in life and to, uh, and, and to live that dream. We lived at the top of a cul-de-sac. Um, our daughters went to the school just at the bottom of the road. Uh, we, you know, we had wonderful neighbours. Uh, I had a, a massive contract with a, uh, a, a national distribution company, and life was absolutely perfect until one day we went to the to the hospital, and um, quite matter of factly, 
my wife was uh, diagnosed with bowel cancer and mm. um, mm. metastasized to the liver and, and given mm. three months to live. Oh, my God. Mm. It's so sad. Yeah. Black, she was a black belt at karate. I, I'm nine years older. I'm the one that um, she's the boundaries. But she's the one that had this um, this terrible, um, you know, prognosis. So yeah, uh, um, to sort of fast forward a little bit. Obviously, uh, we tried everything we could to save her, including traveling overseas to have some very uh, cheap uh, in the product that was used, but expensive in the. Um, surgery that was required and, uh, mm-hmm. and the location that we had to go to. So um, we went. She had a better quality of life. We got 12 months, not three months. We came um, you know, back to Australia and did whatever we could to uh, continue on that uh, treatment. And it wasn't uh, part, sanctioned by the Ethics Committee, so they wouldn't continue it. Mm. And um, 12 months later, I lost her. So, you know, so sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Thank you. Very sad, Alan. And as you can imagine, well, my, you know, my world was turned upside down. We had eight and ten-year-old daughters, and um, and uh, you know, I I was their sole parent. Now I had to learn to be a mother and a father, which is not easy. No. It, it would be very difficult, very, very hard. I yeah. couldn't even imagine yeah. what the challenges that you would have faced raising yeah. um, two daughters like that. And I admire you for that. Yeah, Hence, it's very hard. So, very, very sad. And I know you're heavily involved with homelessness. Um, could you please guide us through that and tell us how you got involved and um, how, the organisations that you get to support today? Sure. During my grief and um, and for a few le- years later, uh, in grief, you should never be allowed to make life-changing financial decisions. Yeah. And um, and unfortunately, I made some, and they uh, ended with myself and my two daughters. Even after everything else, we became homeless ourselves. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Ah. Uh, mm. So you think, you know, how, how did that happen? You know, one minute I'm living the dream, just a few years later I'm on the street homeless. And uh, But for the, the goodwill of my uh, extended family here, um, that could have ended up as becoming rough sleepers. Yeah. We were, we were, we were, um, you know, we were gracefully uh, uh, able to accept some help and, um, the the help that was there could have been there three years earlier, which probably would have prevented us losing the home in the first place. Yeah. But I didn't know about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Making aware of what you can do, right? Especially, well, exactly. especially when you're grieving too. You're grieving, and you you've got you know two kids, and you you know you're trying to do the best you can, but. Like you said, sometimes you're not always thinking of everything you should because the grief takes over. It does. And so 
to answer your question, Jasmina, the reason that I'm involved in uh, advocating homelessness now is because it can happen to, an, to anyone. Yeah. It, Absolutely. And and an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. If we spend money in helping people um, to stay in their homes, you know, they may be experiencing mortgage stress or they may be experiencing rental stress or, like me, the loss of a loved one. I couldn't agree more, Alan. Yep. I think that is a problem, so, you know, and one of the one of the, in America, one of the problems also is, you know, what the cost of everything. So if people do have money and then some money and then uh somebody gets sick, they, they that's why they lose all their money because they they're doing help for the person that's sick and after that there's no money left. And that's a huge problem, I think, to go along with it, why people do become homeless, because they're trying to keep their family alive. And by medical attention, it costs a lot of money, too. So that's another thing that people don't realize how much it costs when you're ill. Oh, exactly. And um, the fact is, is that as the main breadwinner, I was heavily insured, but um, Dawn as the you know mother she did work from home but um you know we had just the basic insurance on her nine yeah. years long yeah. younger yeah. so um if we can educate people um, yeah. through my organizations uh, shelter wa and the wa ending homelessness alliance and the national ending homelessness alliance just to be aware just to maybe take some precautions, just to um, maybe even reach out to their neighbours and to their community when they see somebody struggling and and offer their services in in maybe their clear thinking because you do not think straight when you're under no. pressure. Right, right. When, when, ha- no. when the house is on the no. line, yeah. when you're in grief. When your children, you know, uh, you need to get them to school and get them educated and and make their life as good as possible. You you sometimes do not make the best choices. No, no, I admire your strength, Alan. Yes, Um, it's incredible. I know you have inspired so many of us around the world who are listening right now and thinking and uh, just rebalancing ourselves and thinking that could be us tomorrow. I mean, there's nothing to say that it won't. I think that people don't realize any of this, that, that things can happen, you know, and like you're saying, in one minute, something is okay, and the next minute it's not. So, I mean, that's not to say you have to live in those sad moments, but the fact is you should, you, you, you can never be prepared for some things. So being homeless is a huge problem for so many people, and in many climates, they're freezing. Like in Chicago, I know that people are in, you know, um, they're freezing. You know, they uh, if they're out there sleeping and it's 20 below, I mean, that, that's extreme. Uh, and they get sick then, and they get sick then because you, it, it's so cold. Yes. You know, I was in. A, I was driving down with one of my friends. We were going downtown in Chicago, and somebody was out there homeless, and 
we actually saw this, and it was the most incredible thing. Somebody was driving the car, and the, we, we had where to stoplight. He took off his sweater that he was wearing and gave it to the person that was homeless. I mean, Wonderful. what? How nice was that person? He just took off the sweater and gave it to them, and you know, because we were at a stoplight, but and because he knew it was so cold out. And there should be more of that. We should all we should all be doing it. I mean, I think I think that's fighting. really, yeah. I mean, I think people don't just a random air like I, they just said a few minutes ago of kindness can really go a long way for somebody, and and it could just be that spark that they need to make them go on and not feel so alone. It, it, it's very true. I mean, I personally have been involved in a lot of homeless um, activities where I've been out on the streets and I've got to know um, some of these homeless people. And when you sit down and speak to them, um, one of the biggest patterns I have found, it's not necessarily um, the gambling or, I mean, definitely financial aid is a big, is a big factor. But yeah. a lot of them experience... These people are, are people just like you and me, everyday people who were once successful, who had exactly, a life, who had exactly, a family. Exactly, that's why. And then exactly. Just, and then just, and just overnight, all of a sudden, you find yourself out on the street. And, the, and one of the biggest things that I found was loneliness. A lot of these people felt lonely, um, that there yeah. was really no one there for them. No one was listening to their heartaches, to their struggles, and their, or their only way out was. To, to give up I think I think you know stuff. you know while we're, while I'm listening to the show I'm thinking like all right so now that we're toward the end of the show what what would you tell people out there that they can do you know to help you know in some way excellent excellent you know the the um, challenge is is that when you see somebody who's homeless uh, or rough sleeper um, they're normally they're normally the tip of the iceberg. They're normally, you know, um, really, really, uh, you know, ha- having to deal with that loneliness, having to deal with the elements, having to deal with um, maybe some form of uh, uh, service organisation that keeps wanting them to repeat their stories. Um, you know, they feel as though the world has abandoned them. Yeah. yeah. So we don't what happens is people walk by and they, they don't want to hand them some cash because um, they don't want them to go and spend it on drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or... But that might you know, not be what they're going to do with it, right. So you have to, like, take a second thought of it and think about what they might be needing? Um, they certainly, you know, it's their choice. You know, if yeah. they spend it on food, it's their choice. If they spend it on other things to help them to yeah. cope, yeah. it's their choice. Yeah. Yeah. But but what we can Thank all you. do, every single one of us, is we can support the support organisations. Yeah. We can maybe move some of the energy that we spend on being empathetic into taking action, just as Jasmina yeah. has done. Yeah. And going out onto the street and treating these people as human beings, yeah, because that's what they are. They are absolutely. Now, how, that's exactly right. Now, now, housing is a basic human right, and we. 
um, to lobby our local councils, our state governments, our national governments to actually increase uh, the rate of, of um, building homes and absolutely put a, a um, emphasis on building homes for uh, those who are um, I on the lower. I agree with you. I, I think that is a, a, a wonderful idea. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, peop- they're not thinking in the same terms. And, you know, because it, it would be good for everybody it all the way around and maybe try to find jobs for people. And because you know what, at the end of the day, if they're ill and, you know, and, and they have something, you know, even a cold, you know, they're out there and other people get it. People don't realize bacteria travels fast. Why don't we just do things? So before it's too late when something is already wrong with people and then this way they we can have healthier people. I, I just can't understand why those are the things that people don't think of as far as, you know, keeping people safe, like in, in what you're saying, and in a house and in a place, and rather than being outside on the street or in, you know, or somewhere, you know. It's, it, it is mind-boggling in a lot of ways that all the money that goes out globally everywhere, it's not just United States, it's not just, you know, certain areas, but all that money could be used for other things to help people and make and make them feel like they fit in society instead of feeling like they're alone. So I think that's that it'd be great if people could work on this. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more, Lisa. Absolutely, I, yeah. it's yeah. it's me again, Lisa. <laughs> Alan, oh, I'm hi. I'm going to you to. <laughs> hi, I'm going. I'm going to introduce you to a DJ that we have that makes documentaries on homeless. And we we hear their voice, um, yeah, the voice of the homeless. And I'll introduce you to him. Okay. Thank yes. you very much. You know, that's a great. Um, that's a great idea, Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, I think I think in in all of this for today. I mean, this is a very interesting show. It's a lot different than we usually have, but it has so much meaning, you know. And I think that everybody that's on here has contributed in different ways, which makes yes. this. You know, and this is forwarding it to other people to try to help people. And I think if people would eventually start caring more about people, this would be a much better world for everybody, no matter where you live. Well said, Marsha. I could not agree more. Thank you, Marsha. No, definitely. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan, for all that you do, and thank you yes, for and, you coming know, on the show your, today. You know, I think at the end of the day, hearing your story, I think um, this means something to people when, they, when they've when they listened to what you've said, because actually people can relate to the fact that having someone sick and die, and then there you are, what do you do? So I think that's a very relatable problem. So I, I thank you for coming on. And, you know, and this whole show has been so so much learning experience for, you know, people that are out there listening. You know, they don't, I think people sometimes don't realize it. So I think a show like this is very good. And Jasmine, you're right. This was a really good show, you know, for this. And thank you. Thank you for giving us the the airspace, Marsha. Thank you to you. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, I, I think this was a really interesting show with everybody talking about different things and why they did different things in life. You know, and, you know, sometimes when you're looking at someone, you think everything about them is fine. But everything isn't always fine. 
And if you never get to know anybody, you don't know anything. You won't know anything about them. As they say, never judge a book by its cover because you don't know what's going on underneath exactly. the surface. We're all fighting exactly. a war and we all just need to step back, take a chill pill <laughs> and just... Yeah, I think so. And Well, that's it. Take a chill pill. Right. I mean, here we are, all of us. We're in different parts. We're in different parts. You know, you're. We're all over the place here. Everybody on here is from other places. You know, and so people can do this, and you don't have to be right in the same city to help with things for people. You know, That's and right. there, right. there's a lot of authors out there who do blogs, and maybe it would be something to think about when people are doing blogs to maybe do stories like this. Rather than all of us promoting our books constantly, that doesn't get anywhere anyway. So, I mean, this way would be at least people would be hearing about subjects that maybe they should be hearing about. And that's why I thought it was so important to do this show today. Um, Yeah, it's a a very good idea. Especially with Thanksgiving coming up um, yes. in the United States, I thought how perfect just to make it a bit different and talk about what matters and what we do go through um, in the world and the organisations out there to support them, such as Global Goodwill, Goodwill Ambassadors, yep. um, which I'm quite proud of. And um, yeah, very important. And it's been a phenomenal show. And thank you to all. Yeah, our and thank you, and thank you all. all and time. you know. Anytime you want to talk about a subject, just let me know. I'm open to it because I, I really do like to do shows like this where we something actually gets accomplished because I think somewhere out there somebody will give it another thought and think maybe I should be doing something different. I couldn't agree more. Yes. And thank you to our wonderful guests for coming today. Yes, all of um, them. Oh, we're great. We're great. <laughs> and, Jasmina, thank you. And I, I will be talking to you something like 2 in the morning, something like this. <laughs> I, you know, it is it is strange. Well, we have to do that, otherwise we're not going to be talking because you'll be you're at the times when you're sleeping and I'm up, whatever. So that's why we're all up, and I now I know Lisa's up too. So she's another one that's up. I am up. <laughs> and it's time right. for you guys to go to bed. <laughs> and Alan, and, 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 and I, I just want to thank you for that story. It's a really, really touching story, and. Uh, Real, it's real. So people are listening. This is something that we didn't just make up. This is a story that happened to somebody. So I think, you know, you sound like now you've got your your life together, which is so good. I'm so happy to hear that. We have, and just remember, people out there, that challenges are only situational. You can get yourself. Um, into a better space if we have all of these humanitarian um, people who are who are um, giving people hope with that hope do something with it turn that act into motion and create some action and even if it's just a little tiny step in the right direction yeah yeah just don't stop just keep moving I think I think you know I think from the show you can, we can see that this is this is a possibility. So where do we go from here? We listen to the show and we and we think about this. And this is uh, you know Thanksgiving is the time of year where people start thinking, and you know in the holiday season. So it's it's how life is. This is reality. Fair thought for it, the others. Yeah. 
Alice, thank you all for being, and thank you so much, all of you, for being on the show. I so appreciate it. And uh, Jasmina, thank you for bringing me such wonderful guests on the show tonight. Oh, it's my well, it's not your night. It's night. It's my night. It's your. Lisa, it's your night too. (laughs) It's our night. It's everybody's night. Yeah, I know. Okay, all right. And thank you again. Good night, everybody. And a happy holiday season to everybody. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.